This episode of the Old Dogs REI Network is brought to you by Mino Studio. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manasero. Dogs, and welcome to Fun Facts Friday. This is our once a week, only on Friday show, where we have special episodes not featuring guests, where I will share tricks, tips, terminology, and techniques that will help skyrocket you to real estate investing success. Today's topic is how to choose the right real estate investing strategy for you. But before we get started, hey, I'd just like to touch base with you guys because I just like to connect. I know that uh, it's kind of impersonal being on one side of the mic and all of you guys out there. But uh, hey, I just hope that things are going well for you. I hope that uh, your real estate investing efforts, whether it is research or whether you're actively already pursuing an aggressive strategy um, wherever you're at. Um, I think this show will still be of great value to you. This is part of a, a bigger series that we're doing called the 10 Steps to Real Estate Investing Success. And first time we've ever done it. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. I hope it's providing some good stuff for you. Um, maybe you don't need the information, but you might want to pass it along to somebody who is interested in real estate investing that uh, maybe has never looked at it down deep. So uh, we've, we've already done six episodes here, and uh, this is going to be the seventh. We've got three more to go after this, and uh, I hope that uh, the package will be very valuable for those that are really looking at doing this, but doing it right. So uh, let's dig into our topic topic here, how to choose the right real estate investing strategy for you. Now, in episode 592, which I believe is our second episode in the series, I talked about various real estate investing strategies, and there are a lot of them. I don't even think I touched on all of them, but there are a lot of ways to invest in real estate. And it may seem kind of overwhelming at first as you look at it. And in today's podcast, I'm going to try and break it down a little bit because some of you may not have you know, selected a strategy yet, or maybe you're, you know, you're already doing it, but maybe you don't feel this is the right strategy for you. So I hope it can, it can help you no matter where you're at. You know, I remember when I first sought out real estate investing, you know, I was in Haiti and I was, uh, trying to figure out, geez, what am I going to do when I get back to the States? And I was, uh, looking at, you know, what alternatives I could, I could do. I mean, I've been in the mission field, you know, living on faith. So I didn't really have a retirement pension or any kind of guaranteed. I had a little IRA, but it wasn't going to last me long. So I was looking at, hey, I need cash flow because I've got to survive, right? And uh, yeah, I, I would be getting Social Security, but it, you know, I mean, that doesn't really do much of anything. So, um, 
so you know i was looking for cash flow and one of the reasons why you know this show has the theme so cash flow is king is because that's where I, you know i focused and that's where this show focuses a lot on cash flow it's not all it focuses on but that is sort of the main focus here and whether you're a newbie or an experienced investor i think you're still going to find some some good information here that should be helpful for you i think when trying to assess what strategy is best for you um you know first you've got to really decide you know what you really are looking for uh, you know there are certain factors you need to consider and questions you might want to ask yourself like how much time do i have to devote to this how much money do i have to put into it um, if you're going to be investing in properties, where are those properties going to be located? Can I invest in my own backyard, which I do recommend? Or you know, do I have to go out of state? And if so, where? Um, does it have tax advantages? Now, not all real estate investing has those tax advantages, or some have bigger advantages than others. Do you need to learn new skills to do this? So those are some of the things you have to assess, but you also have to look at what, you know, what, what excites you too, as you look at the different strategies, you know, which, oh man, that sounds like it'd be fun. I'd love to do that. Um, you know, maybe you're really handy or you're like a guy that's got his workshop and everything. And, you know, you might be into flipping or uh, where you can go in there and you can, you know, tear a kitchen out and put in a new one and do things like that. Uh, you know, that, that, those are, kind of things you have to consider as you look at these strategies. Um, but sometimes, too, you can get distracted. And and I speak from experience because I got very distracted when I was first trying to figure out what I was going to do in real estate. And I, you know, I saw the YouTubes. I, I, I went to webinars, boot camps, and my bookshelf, unfortunately, shows the, the results of that. I've got all kinds of home study courses and things that I bought and signed up for. And, um, you know, you got to be careful not to get into that shiny object syndrome. Uh, I think the first thing I signed up for when I was in Haiti was, you know, a flipping course and thinking, what am I going to do? How, how am I going to flip from Haiti? You know, now, since then, I've met people that do flip long distance, but, you know, I didn't think it was really didn't make much sense. So avoid that, like I said, the shiny object syndrome. You, you know, you might hear a great pitch on a YouTube video and, you know, click the button and before you know it, you've, you've bought all this guy's materials and you're signed up for his next boot camp. And, uh, or maybe you, you went to a boot camp or a seminar and you got caught up in the emotional appeal or some special one-time offer that you had to sign up for before you left there. You know, um, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of heavy and so you know that's why i like this to be like a no sales zone in the old dogs rei network because you know i i I was one of those guys that fell for those things um you know i think you need to do this scientifically really study the strategies that fit your needs and dig deep don't be distracted you know by the shiny object okay um so you know, one of the things that I looked at specifically is I knew I wanted cash flow. That's kind of all I knew. I, I wasn't thinking, you know, sort of big picture, but I, I was thinking as long as it generates cash flow so I can live and take care of my family, I'll be good. And so there are certain strategies that, 
generate monthly cash flow. And so those are the ones that you want to look look at if you're looking for cash flow. Um, single family home rentals, okay, that that can be one. Um, it, that can also be duplexes, triplexes, or quads. Um, house hacking, you know, it's a great way to get into um, owning a property, living in it. You're learning landlording because, let's say, the other person in the other unit, or they may you usually house hack with, I would say best is quads, where you've got three other renters and yourself all in this quad. And you learn all about, um, you know, the, the landlording part, but you also you basically have no mortgage to pay because if you do it right, those other tenants are paying the mortgage. So um, it's, you know, that's a real neat way to get started. Um, there's also a section 121. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a, basically a provision where you can buy a house to live in and you can live in it for two years. And then when you move in two years, you can then rent it out. And this way, you know, you're not selling the house and you don't, you have to deal with the capital gains on it. You just, it turns into a rental and you don't have to pay any, um, I think it's, you know, up to a certain amount of money. Um, you can deduct on, on your, you know, capital gains if you do sell it. So it's a real, real good way to go. Um, Condos and townhomes, people invest in those um, as rentals. Obviously, multifamily, whether it's small apartments or large apartments, 100 units plus. Um, there's also short-term rentals, um, Airbnb and VRBO. You don't even have to buy the property nece necessarily. You can actually go to an apartment that might be you know, having difficulty getting you know tenants um, and there aren't too many of those lately, but because uh, of the shortage of housing, but um, that is a good way to, you know, to to if you don't have any money to get started with a short-term rental uh, on an arbitrage basis, where you go and say, hey, um, I will pay you the rent for these apartments if you'll let me, you know, put my AR, uh, you know, my VRBO, which is you know the vacation rental, or a uh, Airbnb in that uh, unit. So um, th that's that's another strategy that generates cash flow, mobile home parks, billboards. Uh, we haven't talked a lot about that, but yeah, you can actually talk to somebody who owns land and you just rent a little piece of it to put your billboard on and you can generate money. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of commercial stuff, you know, office buildings, hotels, self-storage, industrial, retail, like large malls, uh, strip malls, uh, triple net leases. And that's where you have like sort of a, a big box company, something like a, a CVS or, um, you know, it could be a Kroger's or something like that that's uh, in there that's sort of the anchor um, that, uh, you know, they, they rent for a long term. They, they take care of the place. You don't have to do much of anything. And, you know, it's, it is a little bit expensive to get one of those, but uh, it uh, can be a real nice, uh, a real nice cash flow generator. Now, looking at other properties, there are properties that you can get into that, that, uh, that don't generate cash flow. Um, and there's, that's things like a ground-up development. You're going to build a condo complex or you're going to build a, an apartment building or even a single-family home ground-up. You're basically looking at making money on the sale. Uh, you know, raw land, um, 
generally, you know, it, it, it depends. You can make money on raw land too. You, generally, um, there are people that are buy it and hold it. You know, watch the value go up and then sell it, or they're flipping. They buy an undervalued property and they sell it. Uh, you know, at a, at a profit. And I, I had many people on our shows that have done that, that have just uh, just done gangbusters. Um, but I, there's also raw land. You could, if you have raw land, you could maybe make it available for, uh, put some fences up or something and make it uh, RV storage. Or yeah, there's, there's a lot of different strategies that if you have raw land that you can do parking, all kinds of things. Um, and then other ones that, uh, other types of flipping, you can not only flip houses, but you can flip apartment buildings too and commercial properties. Um, wholesaling is not a general, generally a cash flow generator. Um, you usually you know, find a property and flip it. I mean, you don't really flip it. You never really even own the property, but you, you know, find somebody that's willing to sell it to you or put it under contract with you so that you can find a buyer that'll pay more for it than what they agreed. And you've got this, you know, big cash chunk. And that's, that's kind of like flipping too. Uh, flipping, you, you basically will get your money after for the sale. Um, there's a, the live-in flip thing that I mentioned also where you live in the house and then and then you flip it. Um, you also make that big chunk on the sale. Um, so there's, you know, there's pros and cons. You know, the good thing about some of those strategies are that they will generate large amounts of cash quick. And that can be very helpful. In fact, a lot of people that got into building up a rental portfolio started with those types of strategies where you do get chunks of cash and if you can get enough cash then you can buy a rental property or at least do the down payment on a rental property and so there are people that do both so they're they're flipping they're generating money with that with the money they get from that they buy rental properties and they continue flipping until they got enough rental properties they don't have to flip anymore so um, some of the drawbacks are it does take a little bit of time to do some of these things where you've got to find people that are in a in a desperate situation that are willing to sell their house under market value and and sometimes that takes a lot of mailers or phone calls or what have you um, it, so that can be a little time consuming also you've got the capital gains tax when you get that big hit of cash you've you know, you're gonna have to pay taxes on it that you can't really deduct that um, but, but I think, again, if you're starting out, that can be a great way. Um, also, there are uh, people that just, in, they still love real estate, but they don't want to do either of those because of, you know, what what's required time-wise. So they strictly invest in properties and they kind of give up the control aspect of that investment. And these are people like private money lenders that will lend money to flippers or wholesalers. They're just basically be in the bank. Same with hard money lending. Um, or they invest in syndications where you get, you're technically an owner, but you really don't have much control. You're just a small percentage of the ownership there. But you do get monthly checks or quarterly checks. Um, REITs, same deal. Uh, crowdfunding um, you know you can get in a very low price and uh, it generates 
cash flow for you. Um, discounted deeds, um, liens. Uh, I'm sorry, crowdfunding. Yeah, you know that might actually go a little bit on the on the cash flow side uh, because, and same with REITs, if you are generating um, dividends on it, um, uh, discounted deeds, liens. Those are things that you invest in that you will get money from. Um, you're basically, let's say, for example, discounted deeds, you're finding deeds that the banks have just, you know, are selling because they're, they're, nothing's happened or they're, they're, they're basically uh, properties that are, they, can't, they can't collect on. Um, and then you take over and you either get the person to be able to pay and start paying regularly. And that would, of course, go, go to you. But uh, then, if you know if they don't pay, you sell the house and you make money that way. So, um, so those are a little bit trickier. Maybe your top requirement is, hey, I don't have much money to invest, and in that case, you'll want to look at strategies where you can uh, get, you know, something, get a return, uh, or at least generate money uh, with no or low money down. And that's where things like wholesaling, um, flipping with, let's say, hard money financing, uh, seller financing deals where you get the, the owner to carry the paper and you buy the property through a deal with the owner and don't have to go through banks. Um, crowdfunding, uh, yeah, that's you can invest in real estate for you know $10 uh, at places like ground floor, which is a crowdfunding. Uh, and I think a lot of others now are starting to lower their limits where you can buy into really good returning real estate deals and get a, get a great return. So, um, you know, or maybe, you know, the money is not an issue, but your time is the main issue. And that's where you can, you know, look at something that, hey, I want, I want the return, but I don't want, I don't have the time or I don't. I'd rather not work and have to get calls in the middle of the night for clogged toilets, or have to chase after people that aren't paying me on my loan, or whatever that, uh, whatever is going on. So then you would look at more passive strategies. Um, um, you know, syndication investing is sort of the first one that comes to mind, where you 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 just put your money in and if it's the, a good deal and it goes well not only will you get you know these these quarterly uh, or monthly payments but when they sell the property you'll get a chunk of whatever the profit is on that building so that that has kind of a double whammy you know return which is which is really cool um reits i mentioned uh, crowdfunding private money lending um all of those things are things that uh, don't really require as much. I mean, um, the private money lending, you definitely have to you know, find good people and do background checks and that kind of stuff. But there's not a lot of effort once it's set up. Um, if they've default on the loan, then, yeah, you're going to have to go through that process and uh, take over the property. But but for the most part, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not that that labor intensive. I think once you zero in on a good strategy, uh, then you may want to even find a niche. And this is smart because if you can find a niche that other people aren't doing, like a lot of people are flipping. So you're going to be competing with a lot of other flippers. 
and if you're calling people or that uh, are on lists that maybe you know people are pre foreclosure or foreclosure or uh, divorce or uh, you know some 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 other reason that would put them into sort of a desperate situation you may get them on the phone and say you're like the fifth call i got why are you calling me you know and 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 that can be very competitive but if you find a niche where there aren't a lot of other people doing it you can usually do better than you can just doing a mainline strategy so and the difference between a strategy and a niche is really um, you, you are doing a strategy, but you found a, a, a niche that, that really um, is something that you can work with. For example, on rental property, uh, one very effective niche right now is our ADUs. And those are basically where you buy a house with something like for a garage or maybe a back area or house behind it that you can fix up um, as a rental. So you buy this and you turn it, uh, that garage or whatever that other additional building, maybe it's even something, an attic that's converted or whatever that can be rented out. That that uh, adds value to that property because now you've got um, a source of income from your regular renters and you've got a source of income from the additional. So it becomes really kind of like a duplex situation, but it's a legal thing that you can do and you're not going to, in fact, there's all kinds of um, benefits in it where you get special, you know, you, you aren't going to be taxed differently. Uh, even though it is a multifamily. Um, uh, there's also, you know, the student housing niche where you can take a house and you can split the rooms up. You can even rent by the bed and make much more than you would if you just rented that house out to a family, for example. Um, then you've got like Section 8 um, or special needs agency tenants, uh, which I've dealt with quite a bit, where agencies will put people in there, you know, with, with either special needs or they are maybe you know, recovering from something. Maybe they were former homeless and they just are trying to get started again in life. And uh, with that, you know, agencies pay, pay higher rent than market rent, usually higher than what we could get from a regular tenant. And that that can be real lucrative too. Um, multifamily, you can specialize in low-income housing um, or workforce housing, military housing, um, student housing. There's a lot of different areas where you can specialize, again, depending on you know where you're located and, and what would work for your particular market. Um, Single-family homes, um, you can do sort of a rent-to-own or lease options. So there, there are multiple niches and, and that's something you got to consider too if once you zero in on the strategy you know how can i make it even more effective or be able to get a better return your choice of a niche will depend first of all on your u- unique situations your skills and interests but it also depends on the market opportunities in the place and time you choose to invest Basically, to to identify a strategy in a niche, you need to ask and answer these three questions. You know, which niche, which strategy interests and excites me? You want to do something that will be fun and something that you like doing. 
um, uh, which niche or strategy uses my existing skills, strengths, or expertise. Which niche or strategy meets a, a clear need in my target marketplace? If you want to dig deeper on any of these strategies or niches, you know I would recommend you go to the Old Dog website and then type in whatever it is. It could be crowdfunding, could be REITs, it could be whatever it is. And there's like a little, looks like a magnifying glass and you click on that and you can type in those names and there'll be so many podcasts and articles that you can use for reference, all free to reference to see you know, what you really like. And in many cases, you'll hear from people that have done these things. And that's, I think, valuable, where they talk about how they do it. And they also talk about the pluses and the minuses, too. And so I think that that might be a good place for you to start. Um, you know, I'm, in, I'm trying to present as best I can here what, you know, what you can do in this short period of time that we have. I could really dig into each of these areas, but we just don't have that much time. That's why I like to put, and I will have a bunch of um a bunch of links in our show notes here where you can uh, dig in a little bit deeper. And I, th I think you need to, to really identify wh where it is you'd like to focus your time. Picking the right strategy and niche really can save you years of heartache and expense. If you pick the wrong one, you could, you know, you could be in a point where you're going, this is just not fun. <laughs> so just again, consider this look at this if you're already in a you know already investing and you like what you're doing hey i hope there's some value in there for you if you maybe want to expand into a different niche or you know expand out into another niche you know uh, maybe you'll, you'll take a look at some of these other things if you're new and you're starting out hey this is a, a great first step for you so um that is it for today, uh, please note, uh, old dog listeners, everything presented here today, including links, and there will be a lot of links, can be accessed in our detailed show notes on the Old Dogs website at olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog. And you're going to look for the episode entitled, How to Choose the Right Real Estate Investing Strategy for You. Well, that's the show for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.